Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the latest episode of the Comeback Wrestling Show right here on KFM Radio Network. I'm your host, John. We're with you till 10 o'clock tonight. Yes, folks, this is a special edition tonight. We're on with you for the next two hours. But, man, do we have a lot, a lot of wrestling to get to. So let me bring on the cast of characters. And if this will work, I'll be glad. Jeremy Cruz, how you guys doing? Hello? Hey, what's up? How's it going, fellas? What's up, Cruz? Guys, how are you guys doing? I, I was, I'm doing good. I was getting scheduled a plane with Comeback Wrestling HR. Yeah, you might be there. Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and that is undisputed. Yes. <laughs> so, do we have wrestling to get to this week? I'm not sure. Uh, do we have anything to talk about, guys? I, I don't know. I, this I just, is the time I, of I year after SummerSlam, nothing happens, remember? Yeah. I don't think there's anything major to talk about. But I digress, <laughs> I digress folks. We have a lot to get to. House of Glory held their, held their big pay-per-view this past week. Ring of Honor happened. TakeOver, SummerSlam, the G1 Climax Finals, Raw, SmackDown, and NXT all happened this week. But, Cruz, since you weren't on the show last week, Jeremy and I did not talk anything about the G1. And since you're back, we'll let you run with that. So bring us up to date on what's going on with the G1 right now. It has been an utter privilege, an utter uh, – I'm, I'm just talking with, from a position of a lot of gratitude. This was the best G1 that I have seen, and I've been following them since 2015. I, I've got to tell you, we were spoiled this year with outstanding matches every night of the 19 days of the G1 Climax. Um, in the end, Kota Ibushi – did win the whole tournament. Uh, He was a strong favorite. And on the other side, uh, Jay White won, which was kind of surprising given John Moxley and Naito how well they did. Overall, the entire tournament was very sort of even. No no real heavy favorites all around. And... uh, I just got to say, without a shadow of a doubt, they have stepped up their product by presenting us the absolute best in-ring wrestling, period. Uh, Dave Meltzer must have gone crazy handing out four stars, 4.5, five-star matches all throughout this summer, and it's just been an absolute just privilege to have watched this. I, I don't know what more to say. This has been excellent. You made an interesting point, though. You said about how you were surprised that Jay White won. Didn't we mention on the show, I think two weeks ago, that we figured because Moxley's part of AEW that we didn't see him winning it? And I think, you, Cruz, I think you even said you were, you were, you thought it would be Jay White winning the whole thing, or at least making it to the Yeah. Final. Yeah. Yeah, it, it just so makes sense. How, you know, yeah. it makes sense. Their top two guys are going to end up in the finals, and then the two most likely 
who would main event Wrestle Kingdom. For Moxley, this was just, you know, hey, him proving himself that he can that he is a top-notch wrestler. There is no question in anyone's mind that John Moxley is at the very pinnacle, the top 5% of all wrestlers everywhere, and he is just outstanding. So, a lot of people showed up. Uh in this tournament, this was a breakout tournament for a lot of folks. Kenta reasserted his, himself. Moxley asserted himself. Jeff Cobb, Juice Robinson, but even guys like Will Ospreay, who, you know, had that recent Twitter beef, um, showed that he is amongst the top, top, top. And of course, Okada is—I don't know—he he is probably the top champion in all of wrestling, arguably. Um, since AEW does not have a champion yet. <laughs> um, but Okada and them, I mean, it, those 20 guys have put on a great show during the summer. Well, let me ask you this, because you obviously watch it more than a lot of people I know. What about a guy like Grant Thornton? Because it seems like a lot of people praised him throughout the whole tournament. Yeah, he didn't win, but what, as the New Japan you know, expert on the show, what's your thoughts on uh, so this was definitely his breakout tournament. He definitely, you know, but the thing is that he's also look at look at his opponents. He was facing some of the top wrestlers in the world, so he definitely had the opportunity to break out. He did. He sort of exerted himself as a very dominant big man. Uh, wrestled as much and then entertained us and then really, really surprised the critics who thought, oh, well, who is this guy? What's he going to do in there? He went out, he went all out in this wrestling tournament and left a very big impression on the wrestling community. Yeah, I'm, from what I serve him, I really think he will be, I don't think he'll become a mainstay on, on a certain promotion, but I can really see him also, you see, if like he'll become like a mainstay in some promotion. I just don't know what promotion right now. Because I, I think his star. Him... No, go ahead. I I definitely think his star will continue to rise as he gets more more and more exposure. Um, other promotions are going to take notice of him, his height, his athleticism. I think he, what he's six eight, uh, just under three hundred pounds. He he can definitely move in the ring. And in New Japan, he's going to be forced to get better and better in the ring. So as good as he is now, six months from now, he's going to be that much better. So his star is going to continue to rise. Yeah, and you and Cruz, you were correct. He's built at 6'8", 265. Mm-hmm. That's big. But That's also, huge. Yeah, well, what's also interesting, though, he's 42 years old. So he doesn't have much left of a career, really, if you think about it. Most hey, you don't know that, John. Business. Hold on, you don't know that, John. Yeah. You don't know how long he's been in the business. If he got well, a later start, he hasn't, his bump card hasn't been used as much. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at right now. He debuted July of 2000, so he's almost been in it for almost 20 years now. That's a different story, then. Yeah, that's why I was saying it. 20 years, and he's been 
he's been basically every not everywhere, but he's been with TNA. He's been with NWA. He had a cup of coffee with the WWE, which I didn't even know. So, so hold on. At one point, TNA had the Young Bucks, Lance Archer, and Okada on their roster. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Nakamura. And we wonder why they're struggling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. I digress, that's though. No, 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 that's fine. Believe me. I like to digress. But <laughs> I'm just, I mean, I know there's a lot of talk now that with Moxley when his contract's up with New Japan, I don't know if he's really going to be that much of a mainstay in New Japan unless they have a major event going on. By his holding the U.S. title, his position is as just that to attract the North American crowds to New Japan. So I would only see him being used for any sort of uh, events in Japan that I don't know the the bigger pay per views, the wrestling Dontaku, the what's what's the next big one coming out of here? It's probably Dontaku, uh, King of Pro Wrestling. That's like their King of the Ring over there, um, and of course Wrestle Kingdom. So I don't I don't really think they're gonna use they cannot use him for any U.S. Uh, events. Right? No. No. And unless AEW approves it, which. A long shot. They will not do. Even their... They're not on good terms, so I'm surprised no. he's the champ there. Well, From what I understand, what I he's don't... he's contracted through Wrestle Kingdom. So just to give him, I, I I would believe that just to give him that one experience of hey, go wrestle in the Tokyo Dome for the big, big big events, um, and kudos, you know, chop that up and. I mean, I'll make my prediction right now. I think at Wrestle Kingdom is where we get him versus Juice Robinson for the for the North American title again. I think they hold off till Wrestle Kingdom to do it. I wouldn't be surprised if it's Naito or somebody, somebody different now. Somebody bigger, yeah. Somebody bigger, somebody different. One of their own. So if you're if you're looking at the two blocks, John, of the wrestle uh with the G one climax, uh, Moxley did not wrestle for the most part outside of a tag team night, uh excuse me, a tag team match. I could easily see him in one of the other pay per views going up against Okada, he can go up against Tanahashi, Kenta, Sanada, Zack Saber Junior, Will Ospreay, all of these things can potentially be in his future, just, you know, hey, a one-time match against these these guys. But after the new year, I, I, I would totally see him committed to all elite wrestling. Same here. That's I agree. What, that's what I'm thinking, is that through that whoever he faces at WrestleKing is where he drops the belt, and then it can focus directly on AEW. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out heading into, you know, Wrestle Kingdom. Because that's, I, Cruz, correct me if I'm wrong, that's the next major thing for New Japan, right, is Wrestle Kingdom? So they'll have other pay-per-views, like I said, uh, Wrestling Don Taku, 
and others will come about. But the next big one in comparison to the G1 will be Wrestle Kingdom in January. Um, so let me just bottom line up front with New Japan G1. We were spoiled with in-ring wrestling. <laughs> we were spoiled. And I, I don't want to... I don't want to disrespect any other promotions, but you know, a seven-minute match with their top guys will not compare to 20, 25 minutes of New Japan's top wrestlers. Uh, it's it's not commensurate. There, there's no com- comparison between the two. In New Japan, what you see is just excellence in the ring. Very little outside of that. You know, no excessive promos, none of that. So for what it you know, for what it is, excuse me, this was the absolute best, man. I, I'm almost in post G one depression, man, because I'm like <laughs> man, I'm <laughs> it's a thing. <laughs> it is. <laughs> well let me just ask this then. As the overall grade, I want to get on to you know other the other stuff that happens this week. Overall grade, what would you give it then? Out of 10. The overall grade? Jesus yeah. Christ. Not going into point ones and, and decimal. I'm going to have to say a 10. Okay. okay. I, I believe me. I, I would take your rating of 10 out of 10 over anything that Uncle Dave would rate any of the matches. He was generous. Uh, to his credit, yeah. he was generous. But it, it's not about him. It's about those 20 guys who just put on an outstanding tournament. Well, but yeah. just one thing that actually kind of dawned in my mind while since we've been talking about this. We've been talking about the last couple of weeks about the AEW effect. Do you think that's mm-hmm. anything to do with, with the quality of the matches? Absolutely. I really? absolutely believe. I absolutely believe it. I absolutely believe that Ghetto is no idiot, that he sat down and really thought about all of this, the placement of the 20 wrestlers, where they're at, was strategic for both uh, exposure to the North American public, audience, excuse me, but to reassert fact that that's always been New Japan, well, at least for the last few years, New Japan's uh, niche. The fact that, oh, they're the best in the ring, you know, outside of the ring and, and video production, over, overall production, perhaps they're not as good as NXT, WWE, et cetera, et cetera. But, but you know I what? Really Could sorry to interrupt. A, a true wrestling fan like you and John could care less about that stuff. I mean, if someone says, I like this promotion better because of their video production, then I would never listen to their opinion. <laughs> true, true. So let me let me rephrase this in, in a sense that uh, I, I really do believe no, that, right about the, that placement, the placement of the, of the 20 wrestlers, the matchups were well thought of in, in advance. The booking was... If you look at the final scores, they're all pretty close to each other. 
the booking was such that they, it was kind of comical and funny at the, in the beginning because it was kind of weird seeing who who would win matches. It got really competitive in the middle, and in the end, it was definitely surprising. Like, was Moxley going to win Block B? Was Kota Ibushi going to win Block A? Who was going to win? We didn't know until the very last night. And then, well, night 18, when we knew that Coda and, and Jay White were going to go at it. And then, of course, the final, the 19th night, um, an excellent show from beginning to end. And then, of course, the big ending with Kota Ibushi winning. I, I, I want to make sure that I get this right. I watched SummerSlam. I fell asleep for a few hours. When I got up, my Twitter and Facebook feed was blowing up with people talking about that final because it was just that damn good. So easily, Kota Ibushi versus Jay White, a contender for match of the year across all promotions. And if not that match, Kota Ibushi versus Okada for match of the year. It is just that damn good if you if you watch it. So with that, wow. you know. I, I can't say enough about this G1. We were spoiled. It was that fantastic. And it's available there in, in various, you know, websites. New Japan World, for sure. Well, that's some high praise there. That's really some mm-hmm. high praise. But let's go on now because New Japan wasn't the only promotion that that had uh, an event going on this past week. Uh, do we want to go to House of Glory, Ring of Honor, or TakeOver? Which one do we want to do now? You're in charge, Sean. Lead us. Yeah, what? All right, we'll do... Go ahead. Let's do, let's do House of Glory. You're in the driver's seat. Because they had their, their the one big match that everybody was talking about. The Young Bucks took on Private Party. Basically, the big reveal out of this match was that the second week of TV tapings, we will see these two teams go at it. In the first round of the tag team tournament, we saw Adam Page come out and cut a promo on Chris Jericho as they are set to face each other at All Out for the title, in case, in case anybody didn't know that at this point. Uh, guys, what are your thoughts on what were your thoughts on the Private Party Young Bucks match and the announcement that they all face each other the second week of TV? Uh, okay. Jamie, go ahead and uh, okay, I'm. Uh, thank you, John, for setting that all up. Um, I didn't see the match. Um, I heard it was fantastic. I love how they segued it perfectly into the tournament. You like we, we talked about this last week, John. You can tell how high the bucks are on these two guys to do yep. this match with them there. And I think it set up the fact that they won at House of Glory shows that they're going to do the job. On that TNT show to them. Yeah. Well, that's that's the one thing I'm glad though is that and, we've seen. I'm sorry. Whole, no, I'm just trying to make the point quickly that we're seeing with this whole tag team division that you're not seeing the Young Bucks or the Lucha Brothers basically run the division. That you're seeing these other teams that nobody really has heard of, like the Dark Order, like Private Party, who are getting some notoriety and are getting some buzz. Around it, so that's the one thing I'm glad with this with this when the tag team division is playing out so far. But go ahead with your point. No, no, we were just saying that uh, it shows that the Bucks also are willing to help bring up talent. Yes, 
they're they're not playing that we're the EVPs and we're the best tag team in the world, which is fantastic. But also, I I think that Hangman Page promo is one of the best promos I've seen in a while, especially from him. I can't see him not winning the belt now, at all out. I was torn before. I was even leaning to Jericho a little. I just cannot see him losing now, regardless of the match they just announced in Philadelphia. Well, wow. I think it's I think it's also that, and I actually kind of have to agree with Jeremy on this for another reason, because when they announced that Jericho was being a six man tag match in DC for the for the debut episode. It kind of struck me for a second. Wait a second. Jericho's set to be in your title match at All Out. Why would you have him at the debut episode be no, that was okay. match? That was okay because they did never said we're doing a title defense that night. They announced two days ago we're doing a title defense in Philadelphia. And then you just announced that Jericho's in another six-man match there. In a weird match that I hope there's a reason behind that well, that makes that? me say, wait a minute, unless they're going to pull a swerve or something, which you never know with these guys. That got my attention tonight when I saw that match. They announced it two hours ago, I think. Oh, I didn't hear it. I know they have the one. It's going to be Nick. It's going to be Matt Jackson. I hope I don't get this wrong. Matt Jackson, Kenny Omega, and Cody against Jericho, Nick Jackson, and one other person. It could be Moxley. I'm not sure. I don't think so. It's a weird six-man match. That's, Hangman's that's not in the match. I can go look it up again real quick. That had me thinking, wait a minute. Because that's the show they're defending the title on. Yeah. Now, why they're splitting the box up for a match, I don't know. But they got to have a reason for it. Of course, and, and they're they're very good at explaining things. I don't think this is going to be all of a sudden, oh, my God, one of them turns on the other one. No. I don't think they're going to do that. That also shows I think Private Party will go over. Which, yeah, but then, but then it would lead me to think, then, why would you... I don't know. I'm curious to see how they play this out on Being the Elite and how they played out going into the first TV because you got to remember, right. they're going to have to use that first TV show, that first TV episode, to set up Philly and Austin. No, of course. Which so they're, they're doing more on social media now. Um, here it is right here. I have it right here, guys. I was correct. Matt Jackson, Kenny Omega, and Cody versus Jericho, Moxley, and Nick Jackson. Oh. I'm unless that's just a picture, people. unless that's just a picture for the ticket on sale date. Yeah, I think I saw that picture. I think that's what it is. Get okay. The All right. Boston. No, Philadelphia. No, no, no. But what I'm saying is, don't they have the same setup for the picture for Boston? No, Boston has actual matches. No, 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 no. But for the for the ticket sales, don't they have the same setup? You know, I, I could be wrong on that one, and and I I have to apologize for that then. No, no, that's fine. Because Because that match that. makes no sense. Yeah, I think it's just a promotional picture. Like, yeah, that's what I was thinking. That's, but I'm just curious to see though. I'm very curious to see how this whole packing division plays out, and especially the fact I don't know if you guys heard this one that Cody announced 
yesterday, I think it was, that only 40% of the roster has been revealed. Oh, they've been saying that for a while. But now, and Tony Khan even Tony Khan said that in an interview too. But a while I'm ago, about about that is, do they lead up to the first TV, and that's how they reveal everybody, or does it get revealed as the shows go on? Yes, absolutely. They have enough talent right now to, to carry TV for a while. Why well, do it all in I, one shot? Well, I still say that my prediction of who that mystery tag team is is LAX. Okay. That's right. I actually crew. It's the most logical choice, but it doesn't really fit into Jericho saying you're never going to believe who my partners are. Yeah. Because I mean, they are believable. But I think a lot of people are also saying that it could be Enzo and Big Cat. I've heard that. I've heard Pac and Marty. Yeah. Pac and Marty wouldn't... Yeah, it would be a surprise, but it wouldn't be a shocker, though. It wouldn't be a shocker because the Buck said they, he was 99% sure that he was going to be on TV soon. So, or... Yeah. So, yeah, that but, wouldn't be a surprise either. Yeah. But, Cruz, I want to get your take on... Who do you think would be the mystery tag team that teams with Jericho at this debut episode? Or two men. So I'm, I'm leaning heavily towards LAX. Seems to make sense, but any alternatives there? Hmm. Jericho's ex-friends, another tag team that isn't being used or, or in, in the indies could be called up. No, at this point in time, no. My, my mind is going towards LAX. Any any scenario that I can think of, I'm coming back to the Latin American exchange. So that's where I'm going to go. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. That's what I think is logical. Don't get me wrong. I don't. I think Marty and Pop would definitely cause a big pop that night. But I think by what I've been hearing and everything, I still think it's LAX. Unless, by some miracle way, they signed with WWE beforehand, which I find so find very unlikely to happen. To me, I think it's got to be them. I don't. I can't see being anybody else. The thing that makes me hesitant with Enzo and Kaz is I think Enzo is having his first match in three or four years this weekend. They would have to see him, how he hangs in the ring, how he can go before they put him on TV in a, in a stage like that. Yeah. Or what's funny is I'm just even thinking about it now on the fly. It may even be a team that we're not even thinking of. That's what I think. I think LAX is just too obvious right now. Yeah, well, that's what I'm thinking. It could be like all of a sudden it'll be like it could be some team that you know that nobody could have predicted. Like the, the Hart family. Like who? Like the Hart family out of MLW. Yeah, could be. I mean, I don't know the Revival's contract situation, but I caught a tweet that I want to say Scott Dawson sent a couple weeks ago. He was talking about Arn Anderson, and they said, see you soon, buddy. Yeah, I don't think it'll be the Revival. I, I don't I don't see them leaving, especially I heard that they're the only ones next in line to go after New Day for the SmackDown tag titles. I can't see them being the ones. Right. We haven't seen them do much lately. 
Now, I, I think right now, I think it's going to come down to one of two things. I think it's either going to be LAX or it's going to be a team that we don't even think of at this point. Well, they didn't say a tag team, right? Huh? They just said two mystery opponents. Yeah. So I think people are, are caught up on the tag team aspect because they're taking opposition to the Young Bucks. Well, I don't know if that's I'm the case. That's the only thing I'm thinking of, that it's going to be somebody who then they can have the Young Bucks feud with. Correct. But we get into this from time to time. Match placement is the key here. If that's the main event that night and that closes the show, it's going to be two mega guys. If it's earlier in the show, then, yeah, I can see LAX. Yeah, unfortunately, and if, once you bring up the match placement, then it kind of makes things even more intriguing because as much as Ortiz and who's the other guy? And, Santana. Uh, Santana. Santana. Are, are names. I don't think they're big enough names to be the main event of a TV episode that their first show is going to be. Correct. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. But uh, quickly segueing over, I guess we'll finish up with AEW with this. Uh, I'm assuming you guys saw the latest uh, episode of All Out, the Road to All Out. I did. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, Watch it again just I now. Know your whole, I know your whole thing about damaged goods, by the way. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> what a ball of BS line, Kenny. Come on, man. You're better than that. Very ballsy. Stir the pot. What's funny is that was the I think those were the first comments Kenny has made since Double or Nothing about this whole match. Yeah. In a setting like this, yes. I was just saying I don't think he's ever had a had a uh, promo segment on one of these unless I just missed it. No, just the attack on Moxley. Yeah, it's the only thing that's happened, really, since since Moxley attacked him at Double or Nothing. And he retaliated. Yeah, at Outsider Fest, right? Right. Okay. But Which, if I didn't send you guys the video that I took that night, I need to. Did. I will yeah. send it to you guys. I was right next uh, to it. Oh, Wow. Uh, but what were you guys thoughts of the video about, about the road to all out the latest episode? Home run after home run. I love the segment with best friends. Yeah. Yeah. And I really and like really, when they go in the studio with Marvez or somebody and they break down the numbers. You, you know what's funny? I was thinking about it. I saw that part. That's where Alex Marvez is great at. Being like the in the studio, like by the numbers, because for most of his career, he's always been an NFL guy. So, Which is what the Khan family wants. Yeah, but that's why doing that, I think, is where what would suit him better. So, I mean, I'm hoping, cause I guess what I'm trying to say is, I'm hoping, you know, he changes his way on the commentary table. Because I don't know how much more I can deal with him trying to call a match. Do you hear that, AEW? John's not happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. Jeremy, who was the one I pissed? Oh, yeah. Did I piss off Jericho last week by making the claim about Motley Crow? Yeah, yes, you did. You called them a second-rate band that, like, 
nobody really wants to go see compared to other people, even though they've sold out how many buildings for the last how many years? I know. So, yes, I you know. pissed off him, Bully Ray, and Dolph Ziggler, and they had a Motley Crew podcast Motley like two days podcast. after. Yes. I saw that. I'm like, oh, how convenient. So, yeah, I, I just piss off people, I feel like. <laughs> but, so let's go quickly now into Ring of Honor. They held their show at what seemed like a very, very empty arena. Did you guys get that vibe as well with the Toronto I show? Did. I did. But remember, they had the OWE show on the same night as well. And SummerSlam Access. That's why, because it seemed like from what I it was a slam weekend there, so it's not a really great indication. No, obviously the but their numbers have gone down since the elite left. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, the big, big, big part of that night was the drunk fan who who passed out (laughs) during the Alex Shelley Matt Taven match. (laughs) How classic was what Alex Shelley did? (laughs) <laughs> yes, that was, yeah. But, I mean, overall, I mean, I thought the event was okay, what they did. To me, they obviously, except for, uh, you know, Girls of Destiny and uh, Bristol, who so I can watch those two teams go at it forever. Um, to me, this one was really an eh type of pay-per-view. What was your guys' thoughts on it? I thought it had some good spots. I, I definitely enjoyed the luchadors. I thought they went all out to please that crowd, and they it, it was a good lucha match, a lucha libre match. I thought that Kelly Klein at the end of the night, th- this is my thoughts on her. I think she's too big of a star. She has, she's got too much potential for Ring of Honor, and her time in Ring of Honor is, is going to come to an end sometime within the next year. Uh, I definitely think this girl has a future in either AEW or the WWE. And she's just, she really showed out there. Um, the the rest of the matches, I don't know, I'm just going through them really quick. I thought Roosh and Dalton Castle did pretty well. Roosh is definitely a star. He's, I hope they push him to the moon and to the very top of the card. That would be smart on them. I do want to say something about Matt Taven. I also think that he should probably end his time in Ring of Honor at the end of his contract. And he's certainly young enough that he would fit into either AEW or NXT. But I definitely change my opinion of him. I think he is. He's got so much potential, too. I, I'm definitely now impressed. I'm, I'm not going to say that I'm a fan, but I definitely do <laughs> think that he is he is bigger than Ring of Honor. And him and Kelly Klein will probably be better off going down to the Performance Center. And, and that's about as much as I'm going to say about that. And, of course, that main event, another match of the year candidate. Outstanding tag team match, very bloody, very gruesome, <laughs> um, but definitely very entertaining, and, and I can't say enough about it, that, that match was the shit, but yeah. overall, overall, I'm going to say that uh, 
if you do nothing else but just watch the Rouge match, maybe uh, the main event, you would probably do yourself a, a favor. The main event is worth watching alone. So if yeah. I separate oh, the main I... event for the rest of the card, the rest of the card is pretty much met. That main event, excellent. Match of the year candidate, which is tough, which is, which is a lot, given what I just I, said about I, G1. Right? I, oh, yeah, of course. Well, I agree with you about the Lucha match. I thought, I also thought Ian Riccoboni did a good job of really selling a lot of that. By the way, I didn't know that one of the guys in that match was the former Sincara. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I didn't know that. Funny, what was funny is on the broadcast, I think it was either Riccoboni or Caprice Coleman, one of them kept referring to his time in WWE. Yeah. I mean, that match to me, I mean, that was your tip. That was not, that was a good match. So, the Lucha Libre match. That was mm-hmm. a good match. But the problem was, after that, it was really, eh, I mean, did I really expect Kelly Klein to lose her belt to that to the woman who I don't know what her name is? No. Uh, I didn't expect Haven to lose to Alex Shelley. I... Other than that, I mean, eh, the whole card itself. I mean, except like you said, take out the take out the Rouge and Castle match in the main event. You really had a meh type of pay per view. I I mean, I have a theory, and Jeremy, we'll get to your thoughts on it in a second. But I still have my theory here that Rouge's next step should be for the title. And I'm not saying the television title. I'm saying have him go right for the top title. You asked Jamie, Jeremy, right? <laughs> you asked Jeremy, right? Well, actually, that's what I have to do. Jeremy, what are your thoughts on the pay-per-view? Well, first off, John, I would like you to acknowledge what the main event was for everybody. <laughs> the latter war. <laughs> the latter war that the you said, no, no, it will not be the main event. <laughs> you were right. I was wrong. Right, but what did we also talk about? To recap from last week, we talked about we were curious to see when Kelly Klein would drop the belt because that could be an indication of when she was gone. It happened. Yeah. We got TV coming up. I don't know her contract situation. I don't think they would have taken it off her for this person if she was staying. And yes, uh, so you're talking Bruce- spoilers. I, I, no, I'm just a, I'm just making ideas in my head. Okay. I, yeah, I don't have any inside information. Um, I was just but, No, we just talked about that. We knew she was going to go to AW. I mean, her husband is a producer there. Yeah. It's the logical step. You would think. Yeah, of course. And Briscoe's and G.O.D., I mean, it doesn't get better than those two. Excuse me, those those two teams. Really, you don't think that you don't think Briscoe's and Rock and Roll Express isn't going to be a barn burner of a match? Oh yeah. Listen, the fact that Rock and Roll Express <laughs> can still wrestle at their age, I will not make any shots at them. No, but I, when I'm just laughing about that, and I, if anybody who's listening didn't hear the next Ring of Honor event, I think they're holding it. 
and in Nashville, I think. In like a couple of weeks, we'll see the Briscoes put the Ring of Honor tag team titles on Roy against the Rock and Roll Express. Well, they worked earlier this year in the NWA. Oh, no, no, I know. Didn't they work at the Crockett Cup? Yeah. I, I just find it funny that it seemed like the Rock and Roll Express is still getting tag team title opportunities. Why not? Oh, no, no, no. I give them credit. Believe me. I, I hope by the time I get to their edge, I can still do half the stuff they do. But... And I, I just, I just, I just chuckled a little bit when I heard that. No, it's it's not the match you would think of. Oh no, 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 no! I completely understand that. Another, I just thought they'd do another Briscoes Rose Destiny again. You know, things run its course in wrestling, which Is I'll it? probably get into I, later I with I, NXT Takeover. But yeah, that match was just unbelievable. I'm so glad that closed I, the I was, show. And again. Right, and I was wrong. No, it's okay, but thank you. Okay, okay, okay. So let's go now. We talked about House of Glory, Ring of Honor was talked about. Let's go to the what many people consider to be the main event of the entire weekend NXT TakeOver Toronto. Overall, I thought it had its moments, like, I, I wasn't too high on the women's match. Because I didn't think Mia Yim and Shayna Baszler really had chemistry. I love the fact of Your Shirai and Candice LeRae. I thought those two tore the house on them. They were the opening card. I'm still going through the card quickly. Your Shirai defeated Candice LeRae by mission. Velveteen Dream defeated Pete Dunne and Roderick Strong to retain the North American title. Shayna Baszler defeated Mia Yim to to retain her NXT Women's title. And Adam Cole defeated Johnny Gargano in a two out of three falls match by the total of two to one. And a match that I like to mention took 46 minutes and 41 seconds. So what were the thoughts on... Oh, I also forgot to mention the tag team title. Apparently I skipped that one. Street Profits retained against the Undisputed Era. In an okay match, I wasn't... Too high on that match, but I'll say this again: best match of the night, in my opinion, was Cole and Gargano. I think those guys tore the house down. I wanted to make sure Marlonalo still had a pulse going after that match because I thought at some point thought he was almost going to lose it. And I thought those two told a great story of two guys who are at the top of this, or who are at the top of the industry, who just want to prove to each other who is the better one. And, of, and, I, and at the end, Adam Cole won after they took a ridiculous spot off the corner of the steel cage through a table. But, guys, thoughts on this whole card, thoughts on the event? Whoever wants to go first, go right ahead. Uh, I thought it was great, but I think the takeovers are losing a little bit of its luster. We're just seeing a lot of repeats and matches. But... Cole Gargano, unbelievable. And yes, I correctly predicted the steel cage for the third part of the match. But I want to see Adam Cole do different things. I want to see him get called up, and I want to see Velveteen Dream get called up. Honestly, I was surprised that Dream retained. 
I really thought Agreed. at this point they would have had him drop the belt. They had him get called up. I was really surprised. Unless what the game plan is, because I've been hearing a lot of people have been speculating that the game plan for War Games this year will be Undisputed Era versus Gargano, uh, Pete Dunne, Velveteen Dream, and the Street Profits, where it's the winner-take-all match. It's recycling. But, yeah, of course. Well, of course that's recycled. But Chris, what were your thoughts? But you never know. Uh, Austin Theory could be in that match now. Yeah. Hopefully. Uh-huh. Hopefully. Amen to that. Yeah, there's, there's quite a few people who joined the uh, performance center, but Cruz, what are, you, what are your thoughts on the whole takeover event itself? Okay. Oh, Jesus. This is tough to say. I thought this was one of the worst takeovers of the 26, I, I thought this was one of the worst ones. The tag team match just, well, the whole the whole night, we anticipated or we wanted the undisputed era to be draped in gold. The the fact that they didn't go that route, that there was no new champions uh, in Toronto, I think took away from the whole event. Uh, the tag team match was just boring. I'm I'm sorry to say. In my opinion, it was boring. Uh, the women's championship match was horrible. And that doesn't fall on Shayna Baszler. That falls on Mia Yim. I, I thought she was just not prepared for that spot. Not not for that spotlight anyway. Um, the Velveteen Dream, Roderick Strong, Pete Dunne, good match. Io Shirai, Candice LeRae, Great match, and of course Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano had possibly the match of the year, the 2019. Uh, I I don't know if I can justify that statement either. If I would have to go back, if I go back to look at the uh, takeover that happened during WrestleMania weekend, I am so fond of their match there. I don't know. I, I would definitely need more time to decide on which one was better. But definitely not a bad match by any means. Not not even a good match. This was above, way above that. So overall, I just thought because two out of the five matches did not deliver, I'm sorry, this, this is not NXT TakeOver standards. Um, so the I, I don't rate it as high as other people do. Oh, I don't, I don't rate it that high either because I thought you you are, you kind of touched on it a bit. We we usually see at these takeovers we usually see one or two title changes happen. I think this may be the a, one of the first takeovers where we haven't seen a title change. Now I'm I'm just while I was talking with you guys I pulled up the NXT Takeover New York. Those were five excellent matches that night. The the worst out of the all of those would have been the Shayna Baszler match, but even that one against Io Shirai was outstanding. So that is the best takeover of the year. This one here, I'm sorry, if I'm thinking back throughout all the years, the Kevin Owen years, the Finn Balor years, Nakamura, the Bobby Roode years, 
you know, that, that excellent takeover where Johnny Gargano and um, Andrade Cien Almas went at it. I'm, I'm sorry, but this one here was just disappointing. Well, not disappointing. I'm just going to say just not as good as the ones in the past. But I completely agree. No, I completely agree because I hold TakeOver to a higher standard than most shows because they're there together every day in the performance center practicing this, these matches. They have the luxury of doing that where no other place can say that. If the, the match isn't that good, then there's no excuse. Unless they're hurt. Yep. Yeah. Okay, let's, let's plus play given, a little... <laughs> plus, given no, what, I, what I just watched at the G1, standards have gone up. Plus what I saw in the main event of Ring of Honor, standards have gone up. So... I don't know. Maybe I was expecting too much out of NXT. That this this is a developmental brand, but uh, I don't know. Given the past, I I think I, you're I right, Chris. You're I, I don't right. want to take a, yeah. I don't want to take away anything from Io Shirai. She did outstanding. I I thought as good as that main event was. I thought to me, man, she she had she was the talk of the night, in my humble opinion. I was surprised, the thing I was surprised with is the fact that you have the Street Profits up on the main roster already led me to think that they were dropping the belt at TakeOver. So I was kind of surprised that happened. I agree with your, with what you guys were saying about the medium Shayna Baszler match. I felt that one was actually one of the worst women's matches in NXT's history. I'll, be, I'll go on a limb and say that. I don't really think we're going that far out of the limb after what we saw. I I hope that I'm well now I'm curious to see a few things now at the next set of tapings and what happens come you know, the next couple months leading up to war games is does Gargano freak out in NXT or does he get called up at this point? Because right now Gargano has done everything. So there's really nothing left for him to do at this point. That's my first thing. Second thing. Wasn't he already called up anyway? Technically? Well, I don't know if they consider that a call up or I don't know what that whole thing was. Cause then, cause so, then, yeah. Wasn't the whole thing he got injured? No, that Trump got injured and they Champa. brought him back down. Got in, yeah. Yes. But, and they gave a Ricochet and Alistair Black that spot. Yeah, and let's be honest, it, it's done wonders for them. Right. Except yeah. for some reason, except for some reason, Alistair Black doesn't know how to leave a room because he wants somebody to knock on the, on the door again. I, I know you guys caught that on SmackDown this past week. Yes. But what I'm curious to see is at this point, what else is there for him to do in NXT? We've been saying that right for now, two or three years now. I know, but I think at this point now, I think it's time for him to get called up. I'm just hoping yeah. to be on hold. And this is my this is my plea to WWE. WWE, if any of the officials in the WWE are, are listening, I know we we crap <clears throat> on your company for the way you book people, but just listen to me with what I'm about to say. And I think I see for a lot of the wrestling fans here. Once Johnny Wrestling comes up, do not. Pigeonhole him in 205 Live. 
let him go to the main roster and work with guys like Styles and Ricochet and Aleister Black and Cesaro. Don't put him in 205 and go, here, that's where you're going to stay. Because I guarantee you that they do that, he'll be leaving the company soon. Because the glass ceiling when it comes to the, when it comes to 205 Live is you win the title and it's like, okay, great. What else do you do then? I just wanted to get that off my chest. But do you feel better? Yeah, I feel a lot better. Good, good. But yes, we also had some new faces show up in the performance center, and the two most notable ones are Santana Garrett, who I think everybody was curious to what she was going to do, and the man himself, Austin Theory. Thoughts on these two signings, and where do we think they'll end up? When, where they, they're going to end up where in the performance center. <laughs> NXT. No, I, I, Orlando, Florida. Okay, that, that, that was said stupidly, but I, the way I meant to say it was... Probably full sale. Yeah, right tonight. Um, <laughs> TV taping. How, how would you book them once they make their TV debuts? Hmm. Uh, well, Santana... Santana's a really good worker. Is she a superstar right now? No. If you build her right, she could be one. She's got everything you're looking for. Austin Theory has money and superstar and the guy you take to China to speak to a group of people. I mean, he's got it all right now. At 21. Just do the right thing with him. Yeah. That's all I'm hoping for. But, yeah, I, I may have misworded that question a bit. But so there's a lot of history with uh, Matt Riddle and Austin Theory and Keith Lee. I, I believe um, – I, I don't know what Shane Strickland's name is now. He's got some history with them from Evolve and, and the, oh, yeah. the Indies. So they have produced some pretty good matches there. The NXT mid-card looks pretty good. I mean, you know, moving forward, uh, I would definitely put him in there and just let him do his thing, but continue his personal and professional development, uh, gimmick development for sure. But like Jeremy said, the guy is just money, and the NXT world will find out real soon. Yes, and by the way, Cruz, to answer your question, he is now under the, the name of Isaiah Swerve Scott. Okay. Uh, and just to interject real quick, special congratulations, Austin Theory. It was his dream to be in WWE. Childhood, yeah. day one, and has accomplished it by 21. So I know he's not listening, but just Austin, congrats. No, he, well, he, he likes my... Uh, he liked my Instagram. <laughs> well, let me ask this one now. Does he come in as the Evolved Champion, or does, does he drop the yes. belt at the next event? Uh, they they haven't, you know, introduced him as that. I'm just saying, because I know, I know that Evolved and WWE have a working relationship. I don't know right. if the plan is to keep him as the Evolved Champion, 
and kind of bring more, I guess you could say, eyeballs to NXT and to Evolve? Yeah, absolutely. Especially they're going to start to put some shows in the network now. Gives him more experience, that's too. That's what I'm just I'm thinking, is that maybe they keep him with the belt at least for the, for the next couple of months. Definitely. And kind of allow you know more eyes to get put onto the Evolve brand. Correct. And then once he's more established in W in NXT, then you can have him drop the belt. Well, two things there. One, I think it's a, like a Kevin Owens situation where Kevin got called to the main roster but still went down to NXT to defend his title. Mm-hmm. And two, so actually two more things. Two, he's a heel. I mean, it'll look great, him showing up on TV in a suit with a belt. And three, I think, so yeah, three, he's just, it'll be great for him to go back to, he owes J.D. Drake a rematch, right? Yeah. So, so he has to finish that storyline out there, too. Yeah, so it's good believing. It's going to be interesting to see. Um, let me see who the other recruits were. See if there's anybody, you know, worth even mentioning. Oh, that's uh, nice of you. <laughs> those are the two that came <laughs> You're such a nice guy, John. Hey, that's what I am. Hopefully one day they they, okay. they reach stardom where they're worth mentioning from you. <laughs> That's funny. Um, obviously, actually, what's funny is on the WWE website he's not going into Austin Theory. What is it? Austin White. Oh. Okay. God, oh, off the bat, I hope that's not true. So I guess his his T-shirts that I got in my closet, I might as well throw away, right? No, you keep them for nostalgia. I I bought one off him directly a month ago. I'm keeping it. Marco, and I'm just reading you guys the other names of who got brought in. Marco Gomez, he's a 260-pounder who brings a background of jiu-jitsu and Muay Thai, among other combat sports. So... Yeah, just and then of course Santana Garrett, as you mentioned, uh, Rita Rice Reese is a multi-time jiu-jitsu and judo medalist from Brazil. Apparently, yeah. they're really going for the Brazil people in this one. Um, yeah, international stars. Exactly. Diana Brandy was another one who apparently, from what I heard, has no wrestling background. Uh, that's very common. Well, she seems she's apparently a very big in CrossFit. So her and some other wrestlers, who I will not mention their names. It, Casey Costanzo had no background. Was an American Ninja Warrior girl, and look at what she's doing now. And let's yeah, not forget yeah. that. Let's not forget that Kurt Angle had absolutely zero wrestling, professional yeah. wrestling before he started with the WWE, and then in the course of 12 months, went from the streets to main eventing. So, good, good. You know, as long as they made it to the Performance Center and they put in the work, I wish them the best of luck. But to me, I I don't want to cut you off abruptly here, John, except to say this has got to be the best time to be an independent wrestler in the United States of America. 
because I think all these top promotions are scouring. We, we haven't even touched on, you know, oh, I guess we did touch on earlier, the tag team scene, and we're, we're trying to guess, well, which tag team out there, you know, could star with Jericho, right, and, and that TV taping, but you know that the WWE is out there looking for the next tag team, you know, through MLW, House of Glory, uh, Absolute Intense Wrestling, and, and all the other ones in the big cities out here. If you're an independent wrestler and you're hearing us, Stay the course, stick with it, because these people will take notice and we will help you out, especially if you come on our show and talk with us. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, of course. No, but listen, um, uh, Orange Cassidy, we didn't we didn't get into that this week. Great oh, signing yeah. by oh, AW. Yeah. I think he's fantastic. But I think that was a fan-driven signing. The fans have just got behind that guy. AW took yeah. notice. I really predict in the next six months to a year, you're going to see PWG shows, for example, where you see AEW scouts on one part of the arena, WWE in another corner, Lucha, on, you know, Lucha, somebody. It's it's how I'm, it should be. I, I'll go step further. I think now you're going to get entire side of the arena filled with scouts. Great. I don't think it's going to be... It makes them step out their games. The fans benefit in the end the most. Yeah. I uh, just want to finish up with going over who else joined the performance center. Cruz, you actually recognize, possibly recognize the name. Catalina Garcia, who went under the wrestling scene under the name of La Diva Del Rings. So, yeah, I know her. Yep, she's one of the, the new people. Um, just quickly, EJ, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name, I'll spell it. N-D-U-K- AF. Apparently he played professional football and was a bodybuilder. He said that six foot six, two hundred and sixty five pounds. First time I looked at this guy, I could have sworn it was Kobe Bryant with the go to. Just saying. It was who? Kobe Bryant. <laughs> the former Laker. Yes, I've heard of him. Yep. I'm just saying. I'm just you know. It's fine. Then we have another guy in here, Kahuti Miles. I probably butchered his first name. Served in the United States Army and played college football before pursuing a career in sports entertainment. And, okay, I'm not even going to try to pronounce this guy's name because it's some European name. But apparently this guy trained under the likes of Santino Morella and Alex Wright. So, another name I just can't pronounce his name, so I won't even try. But let's take over. Let's take a good class came in. I'm curious to see how long it takes them before they make their official TV debuts. They know there's some people from the last class who still haven't made their TV debuts yet. Well, we wish them luck. But I think we should move yeah. on to SummerSlam, yeah? Absolutely. Let's get, let's get on to the big event of the weekend. That, and I guess we'll go with, we'll, we'll hold up on the main event for a second, because I want to get to the big moment of the night. And that was the final, the, the debut of the Fiend's character with the entrance and everything. My opinion, best moment of the night. And it was a fucking entrance. 
but I agree. <laughs> on his entrance and the way they're presenting him. I certainly appreciated the uh, the whole horror theme. The remix of his music I thought was excellent. Uh, the lamp <laughs> was not appropriate for children, but rightfully so. If kids are watching him, they should be scared. Uh, home run. They did something absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, Jerry, what about you? No, I agree. That was the best part of the night. I give them credit, though, for changing the TV rating right before the show and giving us well, I, something different. Well, I found out yeah. the change in the TV rating was because of him. That's why I said that. Yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, and what I like also with it is he wrestled in the, with the mask on. If you let Bray be Bray, he is brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. And John, you and I talked about that back when the Firefly, the Firefly Funhouse first came about. One of the things that I told you is that I have faith in Bray Wyatt. You know, if if it's true that they're gonna give him the freedom to do this. You know, he will make it work, and and you're seeing the manifestations of that, right? So, kudos all around. They did something good. Yeah, and I was one of those people. I was stalking iTunes and Spotify until the theme music dropped, and the second I saw that it dropped, I downloaded it both to iTunes and to Spotify, and it's become one of the top songs I play right now. Because, and you guys touched on it, it's different. It's unique. It's not the same generic crap that we've seen from this company. It's, the one thing also I like, and I know there's been a lot of talk about this, I'm glad he wasn't on Raw SmackDown this week. For one reason. Because you don't want him, because of the fact you want him to come off as being unpredictable, I'm glad mm-hmm. he had more. Because as the thing goes, mm-hmm. uh, absence grow, makes the heart grow fonder. Oh, oh, what? Now, between the three of us, who has been the champion of that statement right there? You? Jesus, I can't, I can't. Well, not Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> who has been saying it? We don't need to see this wrestler every week. You know, it's okay if they take two, three weeks off and sort of. Oh, okay, now, now you've turned around. Okay, that's fine. I know, that's why Brock Lesnar loves you, Chris. (laughs) Well, everyone loves him, right? Yeah, right. Oh, They love him now after after that pay-per-view. We'll get to that in a second, Chris. I'll let let you go on that one for as long as you need. Uh, Last thing I'll say, though, on this. I'm going to make this prediction right now. By the end of 2019, the scene has to be the Universal Champion. Oh, not a year from now, like John Moxley? <laughs> no, I think sooner. Glad you fast-tracked him. <laughs> well, if it was up to me, gentlemen, I, I, the booking of The Fiend would be easy. Win, 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 win. All the way yeah. to what John said. Uh, 
can, one of the can top we throw a hashtag uh, on this red. one? Hashtag don't screw this up. I, I, I think we're too late. <laughs> uh, that's true. But I, I just, I love his entrance. I love the fact. I also love how they played it off with Finn. That also in the match you see the Fiend basically go to snap his neck almost. Not say, let me, hold on. Let me backtrack on that one for a second. Not saying I like to see wrestlers snap other new people's necks, so to speak. Yeah, but sure. in a storyline wise, can we can we please out. clarify this for people who? Go ahead. What were you saying? Jeremy? No, I said let's clarify this. This is not blood sport. <laughs> yes, no, we, we don't encourage people's necks to be broken. But on the flip side, if it works out storyline-wise in fake, well, yeah, not really breaking necks, but sort of that it works. But let's continue. Um, wait, wait, wait. wait. Before you continue, I, I just picked up news today that uh, The Fiend... Bray Wyatt's uh, alternate character is going to be one of the downloadable characters on the WWE video game. And it's one of the highest selling points, or at least one of the highest trending points of the game. So all around, from merchandise to everything, interest, this guy is certainly over with the fans. They need to run with this, so kudos. Um, But yeah, go ahead. I'm done. No, I just, I, I, I love everything about it. And I actually want to throw this question at you guys. Quick, it's related to Bray Wyatt. I'm assuming you guys have heard Moxie's entrance music, correct? The one that he used in New Japan? Mm-hmm. Okay. There's a point I'm coming out with this. Which entrance music, Bray Wyatt or Moxie, which one was better? Hmm. Hmm. Uh, I'll go with Bray Wyatt because for John Moxley, we're not going to hear that in the states. He has a special one now for AEW. Yeah. So, yeah, I go with Bray because that's the one we're going to hear more often, and it's awesome. I just, you know, I just figured I'd throw it out there, see what see what people were thinking. But let's go on now. Uh, overall, I mean, SummerSlam as a whole didn't really have any big moments to me. You didn't really see. The, oh, my God, so-and-so return. Yes, I know we had a big return on Monday night, which we'll get to in a bit. But overall, I mean, SummerSlam was really not really there. I mean, I know for some odd reason Seth Rollins became Universal Champion again, which for reasons I do not know why. Which is honestly a haunt. We know why. We know why. We know why, John. It was because Lesnar was going to hold the SmackDown. There you go. Yeah. Which is what, did I, Jeremy, did I say that last week on the show? That, the only way See, that was a scenario you threw out, yes. So, so I'm also, you know, I also get Don't hide the truth, that. John, it's okay. <laughs> but, and of course, and folks, if you listened last week, no, Becky did not pinch Natalia. <laughs> I've been waiting to say that. Oh. <laughs> but I mean, oh, overall, I mean, thoughts on this whole card, Jeremy? You can go first on this. Yep. 
Other than the Bray Wyatt, I can't say that it was really a... I mean, it was cool to see Edge come out in Toronto. His hometown. And get physical. Yeah. But, no, it didn't really move the needle for me overall. I I love the OC, but that's just another thing. And I'm happy for Kevin Owens. I'm glad he's finally getting the real push he deserves. Yeah. I actually have a That's theory. about it. Well, yeah, I'm actually surprised that they didn't go with your theory, by the way, Jeremy, of having KO come out and challenge Lesnar. Well, they don't really call me for my ideas, but. Well, but it, well, well I, I'm wondering, we're not well liked within the WWE. I can hear you say that again. We're, we're not well liked within the WWE. That's a good, yeah, that could be. <laughs> you know, because we don't really talk nice about that, but let's get to the cruise. Uh, I guess now is your time to go, but what were your thoughts on on the show on SummerSlam? This was a typical Vince McMahon lackluster production. This was this was not good. And long. Seven hours, right? Something like that. Well, not, not, not as... It didn't end... That was the only highlight for me. The biggest thing was that it didn't end at 11 o'clock. Uh, Eastern. I think it was over before 10.30, and I was grateful for that. Uh, but this was like a, like a really long Monday night Raw. I, I'm sorry. This is, this is really how I felt about this. This is tiresome. This is just nothing to it. Drew Gulak is a champion who should be in, prominent, in a prominent role, and he is not. He's, again, on, you know, just... And then again, Oni Lorcan, who's another good wrestler and a good worker, that should have been later in the, in the card. Goldberg, I don't care for Goldberg. I don't care for Ziggler either. I don't. I, why are they even on my TV? And then it, it was just such a draw, drawn, drawn out uh, post-match bullshit that just. I, I guess we we get it. We get it. Goldberg wanted to redeem himself from that fiasco in, in Saudi Arabia, but Goldberg, we will forever have you in the 90s and, and those memories. We don't need this shit. You need to go away. And, and Ziggler, I, I am so disappointed in him. I am, I am beyond disappointed in him. He could have been, right now, main eventing against Kenny Omega in AEW, or Ibushi Okada in New Japan, or wh- wherever the hell he wanted to go. But he chooses to be this in that company. And I get it. The paycheck is huge. You know what? You guys know that I follow European soccer. Okay, Sometimes really good players go to major teams in Europe to ride the bench to get that $9 million a year. You know, But never play. We don't respect those motherfuckers. We, we let them know you're a bitch. You know, and, and that's how we talk to them. You're a bitch. You, you are riding the bench. You're a sucker while real people are competing. That's how I would talk to Nick Nemeth. Like, really? This is what you're going to do with your career? You, fuck him. Bailey and Ember Moon, I thought, had a pretty decent match. I would have preferred to have seen this on Monday Night Raw. Um, but, man, you know. Maybe if Ember Moon had won, maybe if they'd given them another five to ten minutes, they could have done something memorable. But whatever. 
Okay, so at this point, I'm going to flip it back to you guys because the United States Championship match, I thought, was pretty good. What do you guys think? Kind of... What was it? No. They... What do you think? AJ and Ricochet in their sleeve can put on a five-star match. Yeah, I agree, but I had one issue with it, though. I felt that it was repetitive. I felt that we see it so many times already that it was like, okay, let's move on. Let AJ work with somebody else. Let Ricochet work with somebody else. I thought, yes, I thought the match itself was good. But this crap of having them go at it, I think they went at it like a month straight for, like, I think every week on Raw. And it was like, okay, move on. 50-50 booking at its best. Yeah, I, don't I was certainly, 50/50. yeah, I was certainly surprised that uh, Ricochet didn't win. But yeah, if you watched I, Raw, I, you I, saw what, where they were going. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was, yeah. that was well, that actually surprised me a bit that they were going that route. Right. Because I really figured after what we saw beforehand, I thought Shona was going after Rollins. For the universal belt. So I don't know if we're still going to get that at Crash Champions, but yeah, I know they uh-huh. asked that next week we're getting Styles versus Charlotte for the U.S. title. Okay, I, I can. Something do different. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely different. I, I I totally forgot that match. I mean, excuse me, that the first match right off the bat was Becky Lynch and Natalia, and it was that unmemorable. It was that forgettable. It was just, well, except for the disrespect to Natalia Hart in Canada, <laughs> I guess, you know, you know, her losing in the fashion that she did, but I don't know. What did you guys think about that match? Uh, I, I was surprised. I think I was more surprised the aftermath on Raw of the reaction, but as far as the match goes, I mean, what were you expecting out of out of two people whose whose finishing moves are oh gee I don't know submissions in a submission match submission uh, uh, yeah <laughs> uh, no 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 what were you are you sure John see... <laughs> not a pinch <laughs> not a... <laughs> okay. Let's rewind that part. Well, I'll edit that part out later. What I'm no, you better not. I, I don't edit out any of this. What I was trying <laughs> to say was... What were Are you going to talk about them? No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Chris, what were you going to say? I was going to talk about the moles on Trish Stratus's breast. Yeah, I know that. Let that mess you up. (laughs) (laughs) No, one thing I will say. Let let that mess you up a little bit more. As far as far as the Becky Natalia match, (laughs) what were people expecting in a submissions match when the two people in the match have their finishing moves be submissions? I expected this type of match to happen. To me, 
Natalia, yeah, Becky Lynch is a star right now, but she works with somebody who's a little higher than her, in my opinion, and Natalia, who has been in this industry for a bit longer than Becky Lynch. So she also got the rub. No, I was reading quickly. I was going through Facebook, and I was reading. You know how they always like to post the spoilers from tapings? And apparently we found out who the, who is next going after Shayna Baszler. I won't mention who, but when people see it, they'll be very surprised who it is. Okay. Will be what? Say that I was going through Facebook quickly, and they announced who's going after Shayna for the women's title. And it's not okay. somebody people expect it to be. Oh, cool. Cool. It's something different. I just won't say who it is. You'll probably see it on Facebook probably within the hour. That's, that's, well, we'll obviously Vince we'll isn't booking that. there then. Yeah. No, he's not booking yet, though. I heard he's he's going to be taking over booking. Yeah, that, that's a conversation for, for another time. Yeah. Listen, the Trish but, Stratus yeah, Char- Charlotte Flair match. This, I, I, I already said that the Becky Lynch Hart match was forgettable. I mean, it, it really was. We, we moved right past it. Um, of all the women's matches, I thought the Trish Stratus and Charlotte Flair match was the best. More so because of how Charlotte took care of Trish Stratus and, and carried the match, which really shows how good she is. So I, I sat back here. I, I didn't expect, you know, Trish Stratus to perform like a luchador, but for what she did and her age, ring rust, I, I cannot say that it was a bad match. I, I, what do you guys think? Well, first thing I'll say, Presley, is Trish Stratus has it, it still looks phenomenal. I'll be the first one to say it. Yeah. As far as the match, the match was good. I mean, there was a few spots in the match that I was very surprised Trish took. Like the one where she was on the outside of the ring and Charlotte went to the boot and you saw Trish fall down right on her elbow. That to me looked a little, hurt, looked a little painful, in my opinion. But overall, it was a good match. And Jeremy, you were right again about how Charlotte Get used would, to that. Let, would let very funny would let Trish <laughs> get her time in the ring by herself and oh, Charlotte Flair proves she's the best women's wrestler in the world yeah, yeah. and again Trish Stratus is not bad to look at either but I digress we know that <laughs> but Jeremy what about you no, I like that match. It, Charlotte Cruz, you said it perfectly. She carried the match. I love that she was just beating up on her and beating up on her and taunting her. <laughs> she has this heel thing down to perfection. Yeah, she does. I don't think there's anyone in the roster that could have given Trish a better match like that. And yeah, and I know we're not talking about this right now, but back to Becky Lynch. I mean, I, I, maybe I'm in the minority here, but I think her... Her gimmick has run its course. I don't think she has the appeal she did a year ago. I don't think her matches are as good. Yeah, I I wouldn't agree on that. But 
Really good. Uh, really I wish good. it would have had a better ending. That's that was my only problem with the match was the AEW effect. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's funny? What's funny is uh, JD made the point when he was doing his SummerSlam recap, and he said that made a valid point. What were we expecting was going to be the outcome when they had three three weeks to build the match up? And only one face-to-face encounter. Yeah. Which means the that rest were done by video was package. package. Randy was yeah, on vacation probably, before the match. Well, yeah, which means probably get the rematch of Clash Champions, and then we'll finally get an actual finish. Yeah, in order to take time off. But, but when are you going to get the finish at the Survivor Series? Uh, maybe uh, he's going to take time off after Clash Champions. Oh, Randy oh, yeah. Orton. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because you have to also remember, though, Clash of Champions is the last event before the before the move to the top. Okay. So before SmackDown. SmackDown. Yeah. For SmackDown, I don't know if they're going to want a new. Well, that's also why everybody's saying. I think Clash of Champions is where this feud ends. Because I think the next feud for Kofi is a certain beast incarnate known as Brock Lesnar. That's what I think that's up. Because the thing is, he's already been scheduled to to premiere, to debut, not to debut, to appear at the first show on October 4th when they moved to Fox. Wouldn't it make sense for him to have an interaction with Kofi? Or Kevin Owens? I think it's got to be with somebody. I think it's got to be with one of the top guys of SmackDown. I think Kevin. They're making his life well, a living I- nightmare. And who who bigger to do that than Brock Lesnar? Well, I don't know. Shane McMahon may find him, you know, another $100,000. Yeah. That was awesome. But, well, he, you realize also he was Kevin Owens is the only Canadian who won at SummerSlam. If you think about it, the Trish didn't win, hmm. and neither did Natty. True, but she got a pop from Edge. Of course she did. Of course. But I'm curious to see now what happens as SummerSlam is over now. I mean, I thought quickly, let's go to Raw and SmackDown. I thought Raw was oh, was good. Yes, I know we had the return of the boss, but I, to me, you still, that doesn't save the entire show. But, Jeremy, you were the one who actually brought to us the news about the return. Why don't you take that first as far as what were your thoughts on the return of the boss? It didn't do much for me. 
I'll be honest. I'm not sure. <laughs> wow. That's shocking. I know. Crazy, isn't it? Yeah. No, I, I you know, I thought she's a crybaby and took her ball and went home after Mania, and I'm supposed to get excited that she's back now with blue hair. No, not really. And I thought it was stupid having her beat up Becky Lynch the way she did. It was perfect the way she beat up Natty. They probably can write off Natty for a little bit now. It would have just been smart if Becky came running out and Sasha ran away and set up their match. But they have her lay her out like she's Brock Lesnar. Right? Stupid. I I always think the reason they did that was to show that she's to basically tell the story of, look, I know I was gone for a while, but I'm back and I'm better than you and I'm coming for your title. You can still do that. Oh, you can still do that without the physicality part. It, it was dumb to have the physicality part there. And also, let's be honest. When she came out in the middle of Natty's promo, did anybody expect her to be a baby face? Especially the fact she interrupted a heartfelt promo? No. And she high-fived a fan or hugged a fan which is something she would never want to do, so come on. That was... Man. She's back to being the boss. Who she was in NXT, that confident, cocky bitch who, <laughs> you know, will talk the talk, back it up, this is who she should have been the whole time. I, I think she was fine, uh, you know, through that Alexa. Remember, she had a rivalry with Alexa Bliss, right? And the titles was was on the line. And then I want to say after that there was a rivalry with uh, Charlotte. I think she was fine up to then. Once she went babyface, and this whole brand split went about, and this whole cringe semi-lesbian love affair with Bailey, best friends. I, I don't know what the fuck that was. That was horrible. This is not the girl who we fell in love with in NXT. And I keep coming back to this. My first NXT live event, when I went there, I saw guys wearing gold, the boss, a black shirt with gold lettering that said the boss, and, and her golden sunglasses. And when her music hit, you know, they were up and, you know, dancing all hip hopity and stuff like that. And I'm like, who are these grown men? This is a girl, and who is this girl? And then from there, that's who I knew who Sasha Banks was. Never worked as a baby face. She is a heel, and damn, man, now that she's back to that, good. I, I am happy for it. I think this is the correct move. I've always seen this girl as a main eventer, as a top female. That is where she belongs. I do not agree with her and Bailey being in that uh, women's tag team fiasco. Me, personally, that whole thing can go away. They should just get rid of it until they build up their rosters. Whatever. Sasha Banks belongs at the top of the women's division, along with Charlotte, along with Becky, along with Oscar. Ronda Rousey. That's where she always should have been. So 
that we're going back into this direction, and it looks like she's gonna be, you know, fighting for that belt now. But so I'm on the opposite end uh, of this opinion scale here. Uh, I definitely think that I said this the last time that I talked to you guys. If I was a WWE, I would go back to her and tell her, you know, Sasha, we need you. You know, come on back. Whatever concessions, make them. Whatever promises, make them. And now that she is back, to me, what I saw yesterday, excuse me, on Monday, her trending the whole night. So as I woke up Tuesday morning, again, my Twitter feed, my Facebook and Instagram was full of her stuff. So kudos. To interject right now, like Cruz talked about her days in NXT. I literally, living in Florida, got to watch her. I, I met her as a ring announcer the first time I met her. I watched her rise to her TV debut, to everything. She was humble, hard worker. You couldn't help but love her. Of course, TV babyface heel. She became her own worst enemy with her ego. If that ego does not get in check at all, this run will not work because the fans are not going to get behind her. Well, didn't they sort of get behind her as she was attacking Becky as the crowd started saying, thank you, Sasha? (laughs) (laughs) Well, listen, uh, Toronto's kind of a hardcore town. Canada in general. She tries that, like, in Des Moines, Iowa one night, or Oklahoma City is not going to work as well. I would like to ask you, Jeremy, separate the, the past. Separate that, okay, let's just chalk it up. As, let's just say that it's the down point, a bad chapter in her professional career. If we can forgive that and move past it, where she is at now, is she interesting? She is as is talented as anyone on the roster. I mean, the, would you give her of course. Give anyone a chance. Listen, I mean, it's amazing at 23 years old she came up with the boss character on her own. A lot of people at 23 are struggling to find just a niche in wrestling. Yeah, who they are. <laughs> yeah, who they are. And she did that. I give her credit. I think she got fame a little fast. It, she wasn't quite ready for it. I'm willing to give her a chance and say I was wrong. Because I was behind her in NXT. I was one of those people cruising a legit ball shirt, jumping up and down. Mm-hmm. Now that shirt's long gone. But, yeah, absolutely, Cruz. To answer your question, yes. I respect that. I, I really do. Thank you. But I actually have a question now for both of you. When, we, when Sasha returned Monday night and attacked Packed Becky and then, and you know, packed Becky and Natalia. While we were on the phone together. Yes. Do you think this is almost similar to when Becky started her heel turn? That even though she was the heel, she was still being cheered because she was a sympathetic face, almost? Or sympathetic face? I think it's a completely different, different. scenario. Completely yeah. different. Sorry, Chris. Yes, sir. Not to, to me, yeah, to me, Becky's rise was out of the pure disgust that Charlotte got opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. If I remember correctly, it was last summer where Becky Lynch and uh, 
who was it, Becky and Asuka? But it was Charlotte got added to the match and ended up winning. And that's when Charlotte was steadily getting the booze and Becky attacked Charlotte and then the whole the man, this rise, this meteoric, meteoric rise to main event in WrestleMania began. Uh, so it's very different, John. Yeah, I'm just... It doesn't feel the same. Right. Because the Becky heel turn was part of an awesome storyline. Her just having enough of being a Charlotte sidekick. Yeah. And saying, I'm my own... I would say woman, but man. uh, Sasha's, we don't know. Which, you know, obviously she wants to fight Becky and win the belt. But she's not coming in with some type of storyline. Well, obviously we saw the beginning of it the other night, but what I'm trying to say is just what Cruz said. It was just a culmination with Becky. Mm-hmm. It came to a head last year at SummerSlam that fans were itching for. Yeah. I can't say yeah, week by I'm week just... people were saying, oh, God, when Sasha Banks comes back, it's on. So, yeah, yeah she's I'm got just... a lot to do to, to earn that crowd that Becky had well, ready to go for her. I'm also curious to see what type of reaction she gets when they're back in the States on Monday. Right, which, which I was talking about just now. Yeah, that's what I'm... Because at a SummerSlam, at, at the Raw after SummerSlam, you have a hardcore crowd wherever you're at. you got people who flew in from all over the world to be there. They are going to be louder than the average crowd. Yeah, oh, I, I completely agree. Uh, let's briefly go over to SmackDown quickly, because then I want to finish up with King of the Ring. Only thing really want to mention with SmackDown is the phenomenal match between Buddy Murphy and Roman Reigns. Oh yeah. Well, oh yeah. What were your thoughts on this match, Cruz? You can go first on that. I'm just happy, Buddy Murphy. He's on TV. We're getting, excuse me, a lot of the audience is getting exposed to what this man can do, what we know from his time in 205 and NXT that he can do, and that he's doing it against Roman. Now, now the other flip side of this was Roman's phenomenal selling and excellent wrestling, which I have been saying since fucking 2015, the guy can wrestle. So there you go, man. And that buddy was featured in a prominent position. Excellent. Jeremy, what about you? Props to Buddy Murphy, but Roman Reigns did the other night what a top guy and future Hall of Famer does and made a star. Yep. And I don't ever want to hear someone try to say to me again, Roman can't wrestle. We already knew he can. And every wrestler in the company says that, but fans who want to be ignorant about it, just watch that match. If you still didn't believe it before it. Well, well now begs the question. Obviously, we know what's next for, for Roman. What's next for Buddy Murphy? Sit back and watch. You wonder if they I have different I'm... plans now because that match was, may, might have been a little better than they thought it would go. Yeah, I mean, what I'm 
hoping for. Obviously, of course, I'm not a booker. I don't know. I have no future, like, you know, no inside information. What I'm hoping for right now is Buddy Murphy versus Shinsuke for the IC belt at some point. Or him versus Daniel Bryan. Or, oh, huh? oh. Remember yeah. him versus Daniel Bryan because they kind of set that up of you snitch. Yeah, yeah, we'll get that one. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Take my money. <laughs> <laughs> you think Roman can make somebody look good. <laughs> yeah, well, Roman can make anybody. Daniel. Mm. I, I'm, I will scream for Roman Reigns to the hilltop. Like, I love that guy. Well, he, he's good. He definitely... He, he definitely is, but... I he's great, that, John. I mean, great. Yes, that, that was great analysis, and I agree with you. Um, Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> no, what I was just saying was this stuff. I know everybody kept saying that the best thing for Roman is to have him turn heel. Do you still think that's the case now? Chris, you want to go first? Or... I, I okay. definitely so think so. I, I definitely think so. I think that will definitely take him to the, the stratosphere of, of the greats of all time. If it's done right, I, I, I would definitely be interested in seeing that. I think it's needed. Jeremy, what about you? I don't think it'll ever happen. I think he really, in a way, is the John Cena of the company now. Uh, I'm going to quote back an interview I heard about three years ago. Freddie Prince Jr., remember the actor? He yeah. used to be a WWE writer. Okay. I think Chris Jericho asked him that question about Roman, and he was like, you have to understand Vince McMahon. Vince doesn't sit there and say, well, the crowd wants someone to go heel, so we'll just send him heel. His attitude is, you fans, I'm going to let go and see my toy box. And no one's going to tell me how to play with my toys. He cannot make Roman heel. And they've built him up right since he's coming back. Uh, uh, no, he's fine the way he is. He's been under the, he has not uh, been on the title picture since he's come back. Yeah. But no, I'm just, so you I'm can't just say that he's getting like, favoritism. Like. No. no you, yeah, because I, I can't really say he's getting favoritism. But let's move on now to the final segment. I don't want, I don't know what Cruz went because on my stream I was saying that his call got dropped. I don't know what happened. But we got another major announcement on Monday night. I don't know if you consider this a major announcement, but we got a pretty big announcement. And that is, that started next week, we will see the return of the King of the Ring tournament. Jeremy, what are your thoughts on the return to what many consider to be one of the fan favorites of pay-per-views or concepts in WWE? Um, do we know what the winner's going to get besides a crown and a uh, scepter? Uh, they haven't announced it yet. What I'm hoping for is it's a title opportunity down the road. Yeah, if you do something with it, that's fine. But just to have someone sit there with a crown and scepter? It won't bring back the nostalgia of it to me that much. Um, this does show me the AEW effect a little bit. The fact they're bringing this stuff, stuff like this back. But 
use it to build a star or someone who's on a okay. great great run right now. That's what I, I mean, I wasn't that interested in it, I'll admit, but Kevin Owens promo about it the other night got me excited. Um, you know they? I'm just looking at YouTube for a second. Do you know they dropped another episode of The Road to All Out? Yes, I have not watched it. Because the oh, call, because wow, we we uh, Cody said yesterday they were going to do two episodes this week, but we started oh, recording before it. Oh, okay. I didn't, I because I'm also looking at YouTube because I wanted to pull up a quick a clip quickly. And also I looked at his throat and I'm like, oh. Okay. Don't tell me anything. Um, I didn't even watch it. I'm pulling up another. Clip okay. <laughs> One never about, knows for you. Don't say it. I don't uh, want to watch it. I want to watch. I'm not saying a word. Don't worry. And with you, you never know. I'm not that bad, okay? (laughs) Sure. That'll get you in HR real quick. Yeah. Cruz, you're back? Cruz, you there? No, his cold dropped again. Um, Speaking of the King of the Ring tournament, okay, we'll try this one more time. What is yeah? Let me ask you a question, John. What are your thoughts on it? <laughs> yes. I, what are your I, thoughts? I'm. I'm a, oh, Cruz, welcome back. I'm, Putting you in the spot, Thank John. You. Oh, okay. Thanks. Um, <laughs> I'm holding on judgment until I know what the end result is. If it's going to be that the winner gets a number one contender shift for any title they want then I'd be okay with it. Because then it's going to be the tournament worth watching. If it's not the case, and it's, well, we're just doing it just to kill TV time until we get to Clash of Champions and then to Hell in a Cell in October, then no, I'm not okay with it. I just wanted to play quickly a one clip of probably the most famous example of what came out of the King of the Ring tournament this goes back to 1996. I'll see if this works. Give me one second here. Hopefully this John, I remember play. where I was when this happened. Yep, you know me too. Oh, you know, okay, you know what I'm playing then? I remember the year. <laughs> yep. Hold on. Give me one second. See if this works. Did you guys hear it? No. Okay. For some reason, it wasn't working. What I was trying to do when I was trying to play the infamous 316 speech. Of course. That's the biggest example from that event. But, again, I'm very curious to see what the end result is. Um, I thought that they went about this kind of odd, that the guys, they just announced it, they didn't have, like, any qualifying matches. So, I'm just... I'm no, it was a pay-per-view back then. No, 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 I'm saying for now, for, for you know, the one that we're having starting next week. Um, right, it'll be I, great if they just dedicated an entire episode to it and do it right. Well, no, no, they said this is going to go last all the way to Clash of Champions, which is like the middle Oh, of God. Because, and it's funny, because somebody made a point, and I'm surprised neither of you guys noticed this. It's eight guys from Raw, eight guys from SmackDown. For a total of 16, you have the guys who are in Block A for Raw and Block B for SmackDown. 
What event did we just have that we just spoke about, oh, I don't know, about an hour and 50 minutes ago that had the exact same setup? You mean copying no, a good D1. thing from another company? <laughs> <laughs> the G1. <laughs> but the G1 is yeah. more like a league. This is a I tournament. Know, I, I, uh, I know. But I'm just saying, it's just kind of uh, odd that all of a sudden we had the G1 climax. And also W comes around and goes, well, we're going to have our own tournament. We'll call the, we'll bring back King of the Ring, but we'll have eight. I'm like, to me, it just seems very odd. Well, I appreciate that they're trying. I that's on them. That's on them. If they're going to make it a priority, certainly they're not going to get high quality matches given the guys seven minutes, eight minutes to wrestle. If they give them twenty over the Raws and Smackdowns and main events that are coming. Why not? But that goes on, you know, falls on them. You know, what did they well, want for this? Be a, wouldn't this be a good time to debut somebody we haven't seen yet there? Well, to bring me, up an Adam Cole or a Velveteen or somebody? Yeah. yeah. Possibility uh, would have been uh, endless, you know. Uh, well, let me just bring up quickly who's gonna, who's confirmed for this. As of, as of this show, which is on August 15th, for SmackDown, Ali, Andrade, Apollo Crews, Buddy Murphy, Chad Gable, Elias, Kevin Owens, and Shelton Benjamin. That's one, two, three, four, five, okay. On the Raw side, Baron Corbin, Cedric Alexander, Cesaro, Drew McIntyre, The Miz, Ricochet, Sami Zayn, and Samoa Joe. It'd be interesting to see if this is to go to have Ricochet go back to his old gimmick when he used to wear the crown to the ring. I didn't talk about. So I'm just saying that that could be a possibility. It was also announced it was announced that the first round of action will take place on August nineteenth and twentieth. When they're in St. Paul, Minnesota, and South Dakota, quarterfinals have not been announced yet for where those will take place. The semifinals will take place when WWE comes back to New York City to Madison Square Garden on September 9th and 10th, and the finals take place on September 15th in Charlotte, North Carolina, at the Spectrum Center. So, not surprising that they're, going, that they're waiting for this to happen in, in North Carolina, a place that has, I think, held the King of the Tournament before. I mean, how great would it be if Wade Barrett came back for this? Oh, that's what I'm hoping for. That'd be fantastic. I, I just don't think so. I, don't, I, I would love for it to happen, but I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, uh, I was reading just right before the show that the garden tickets are not doing great. Oh, I They're know, even I doing the Me Plus 3 pack there. Oh, so wow. they may have okay. to go even deeper than Toy Chest for this one. <laughs> But I, I what I say? What I say? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you listen back to the replay. You'll know. You'll, you'll know why we were laughing. 
Wait, say that again. When when you listen back to the replay, you'll you'll realize why. Oh, I will. Don't worry, you'll get a text from me. Oh, I I don't foresee it not happening. Um, <laughs> quickly. Um, overall, what would we put? Would we put this as a interesting week with wrestling, or how would we how would we grade the week as a whole? Between House of Glory, Ring of Honor, Takeover, SummerSlam, the G1, Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. Chris, you want me to go? Or? I don't care. I, I, think, I think we're three passionate guys anyway when it comes to wrestling, but I think this show has had so much energy. So I think it's been a, a definitely a huge week because you can feel the energy amongst the three of us. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely going to say that this is this has been one of the most interesting weeks in professional wrestling and I, I don't I've got post G1 climax depression <laughs> it, it, I was so spoiled but you know what the Super Junior Cup is coming up so that's more interesting wrestling uh, the King of the Ring is coming up UK takeover is coming up all out. It's coming up, so I got some stuff to look forward to. So I'm good. I, I think I'm good. But definitely one of our biggest weeks. Yep. And unfortunately, we did not see Becky Lynch pinch Natalia. So, which was one of my downfalls this week. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to bring that up again. But actually, I actually <laughs> wanted to I was good. I, I was good tonight. I didn't make any comments like that. Good job, John. I was going to say, was it cricket all of a sudden, or uh, <laughs> let's, wrap up, let's wrap the show up. Uh, I guess, Jeremy, final thoughts? Great week of wrestling, and, you know, we've been a little, I don't want to say a lull because it was a huge week of wrestling, but we haven't seen AEW since Fight for the Fallen. Like, I'm chomping at the bit to see them back. Like, I enjoy these all-out shows, you know, the preview shows, but... I miss them right now on TV. Yeah, I'm literally that. That's one event I'm definitely looking forward to. You ready for my pun of the night? Here's my pun of the night. The week beforehand, when we do the preview show, we're gonna. I'm gonna make sure we go all out for that preview. Oh yes, please. All right. <laughs> Bring him my A game. Good. Good. <laughs> not not saying that we don't usually bring our A game, but I just had to say that fun. I just had to say oh. that fun. Yeah, definitely. But Cruz, final thoughts? Uh, from a position of a lot of gratitude and uh, just just wholesome goodness, man. I am so thankful for what wrestling has been this summer, this week culminated for most of these companies uh, with their biggest events. It's been a good summer to be a wrestling fan, but unfortunately for the WWE, Monday Night Football is back. That will take priority. Uh, They're moving to Friday nights, which I don't know how that's going to work. And with NXT now possibly being under Vince McMahon's control, 
on Wednesdays, uh, I'm definitely going to be jumping on the AEW bandwagon even more moving forward. Uh, New Japan will be New Japan. Ring of Honor star has fallen. Whatever. Uh, moving forward, I can say that I'm definitely looking for All Out to finish the summer. And I think that will be the best and the biggest of all these events. No doubt. Yeah. All right. Um, final thoughts for me. Again, I agree. I'm basically just going to echo what you, what you guys said. I thought this week was a very interesting week. There was a lot of news that came out. I thought that the wrestling, as far as the in-ring work, I mean, a lot of the matches really picked up this week, and we're unfortunately, we're into the home stretch now of the summer of wrestling, folks. We, have, As Cruz mentioned before, we have the junior tournament for New Japan starting up soon. The NXT UK takeover happens soon. All out going to be happening next two weeks, so this is the final stretch, and my God, has it been a fun-ass summer with, the, with all this wrestling, and at some point, we had wrestling going on seven days a week. And I'm just going to leave with this, folks. I think this summer is going to be a prelude or a foreshadow of what this fall is going to be like. Between WWE, NXT, AEW, and let's also not forget another certain promotion as known as the NWA. Also, before we go, I just want to say I know you were doing the whole thing on Vampiro, so I don't know if you want to take a second or so just to kind of mention the thing, with the gratitude thing quickly. Yeah, I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who went onto Vampiro's Twitter to leave him a message of positivity, of community support. He has a, a very tragic and a, a very unfair disease there and he posted a very emotionally charged video recently where you know he had a uh, a mental an emotional breakdown there and ment- our mental health is so important because a lot of people just give up and it's too easy to give up when things are down uh, but when someone is down like that that's when we have to come together to, to lift them back up or at least to let them lean on us so for the guys in the various groups and my family members and other people who saw my posts and videos uh, who went on to at Vampiro underscore Vampiro and left him a, a good message. Thank you because, you know, that counts and that really does matter to a lot of people. And it just shows how good, the good in wrestling fans. Absolutely. So, again, we want to send our thoughts to, you know, Vampiro and what he's going through right now. Uh, uh, before we go, I want to let these people know if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can. The Twitter account for our show, we just pull it up quickly, but don't screw this up for us. Butcher this is, one second here, um, the Twitter handle is at Comeback Wrestle. That's at C O M E B A C K W R E S T L E. That's the official. Twitter handle for our show. You can also follow us on Instagram. What, uh, give us a like on Facebook as well. For those who just search Comeback Wrestling Show, you can get catch the replay of this as well. Uh, 
Soon As We Sign Off will be available on iTunes and Google Play, wherever you get your podcast. And I haven't told the guys this yet, but I'm in talks and I'll possibly get a few certain guests on the show, but I'll tell them later what about that. But time to wrap this up now. For Jeremy and Cruz, I'm John. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Stay tuned for our social media accounts. We'll let you guys know when we're back on next week. I'm not sure if it will be Wednesday or Thursday. And that's it. So have a nice week, have a nice week folks. Have a good weekend, and we'll catch you guys next time right here on the Comeback Wrestling Show here on Caveman Radio Network. Have a good night.